I first saw their product way back in 1995 as a concept, just before it hit the market in 96. The General Motors EV1 became one of the first production electric cars in years, or might we say decades. Yes, electric cars were around at the early 20th century, and they were usually utilized for people to go into town. A lot of rich bankers would get, get them for their wives so they'd go into town and wouldn't get dirty on their travels in because they wouldn't have to wind up the internal combustion engine, and if there are any failures, they wouldn't have to worry about it. It's just plug and play and go. But we all lost that. And in 1995, when I saw its concept, the GM EV1 was paving the way for the future of electric vehicles. We were starting to look into it yet again, but it wouldn't be for another 10 years before one company got serious enough to go after this market. And today, it's an all-out onslaught for the EV wars. Autoworks.net Autopod, streaming day or night, coming right at you, right here, right now. Welcome back to the Autolux Podcast. I am your host, as always, the doctor to the automotive industry, Mr. Everett J, coming to you from our host website, Autolux, where we have corporate websites, podcasts, and ratings, exterior ratings on vehicles from around the globe. Please check out Autolux.net and find out more that we have to offer you. On top of that, we like to pay a tribute to our sponsor, Magic Mind, and their brand new elixir, or as we like to call it, the world's first productivity drink. This product helps keep away brain fog and helps you keep focus. Now, if you're looking for the product, it's magicmind.co backslash auto and use our promo code, which can be found on the autolux.net website. Along with that, we'd like to pay a good thank you out to our host site at podbeam.com who helps us get out to not only the podcasting public, but to the podcasting world. Thank you, Podbeam. So like we said in the beginning, this episode is about the EV wars. Yes, electric vehicles. They've been around for a very long time, essentially since the advent of the automobile. But with big oil wanting to get their hands into the internal combustion engine and keep any competition out, electric vehicles were eventually dismissed. Inclusive of that was also battery power for its time. Now, nobody really started looking into this again until the late 60s and early 70s, just before the oil embargo in the US happened, where people started considering, hey, maybe there's other alternatives. You got to think about it. Back into the 50s and 60s, they were even looking at nuclear to power vehicles. So why not electric? Well, electric from one little company, Tesla. Now, its original founders. Now, Elon Musk, by the way, is not an original founder of this car company. He came in afterwards and spearheaded the movement to turn Tesla from a tiny little mom-and-pop shop into the, the world conglomerate it is today. Tesla was here, and Elon knew one thing. If he wanted to create an electric car to go up against big petroleum, he needed to make sure it was done right. And back in those days of the EV1, a lot of this couldn't be done because General Motors can just be bought out so easily, and essentially the EV1 was taken back and crushed. They said their project was done. There are no actual reports of any of the big oil industry buying them out. But why does a project just end all of a sudden and they recall all of the vehicles? Makes you wonder. But like we said in 2006, we saw it. We saw the Tesla Roadster, a redesigned, recreated version of the Lotus Elise platform. This was it. This was an all-electric sports car. And a lot of people at the time thought I was crazy. They said, no, electricity can't be the wave of the future because you can't go far with it. And I said... The man behind Tesla, the man putting the bill for this, Mr. Elon Musk at that time, 
wasn't as powerful as he is today, but he did have the financial backing considering the fact that he helped create PayPal. So after selling that, this man had a lot of money and he knew that by creating the brand new electric car, he'd seen all the other issues that have happened between the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s anytime a new electric car came out. It eventually just disappeared. He didn't want that to happen, so he created tracking systems in his vehicle to prove when the media was lying about his products. He wanted to turn on these transponders and prove to the world that it's more of the people behind what you're reading and seeing than the actual company producing it. His car was great and not only proving against Top Gear and the New York Times, Elon Musk proved many of the major automakers that this can be a viable solution for the future. The Roadster eventually helped spawn the Tesla Model S sedan. And with that, companies started to take notice. General Motors was one of them. And General Motors was there at the beginning. Gotta remember, they still had the technology from the EV1. All thanks to American and Canadian taxpayers footing the bill for their electric division. Yes, the original Chevrolet Volt. You can thank taxpayers from both countries for helping produce that vehicle. Unlike where in Japan, where Toyota built their fuel cell version versions of the RAV4 solely off their independent bank accounts. No, their government told them, you need to reduce fuel consumption and you gotta do it on your own, unlike America. So our EV wars really didn't take a hit until the 2008 crisis. But by then, the Model S was about to arrive. With a lot of people downloading major full-size vehicles, like pickup trucks and SUVs to smaller, more efficient vehicles, the Model S just blew up in California, its home state. And a lot of people took notice at that time. On the other side of the ocean, in the world's fastest growing market during the early 2000s and hell, even going up to today, China was already on top of the EV bandwagon, with companies like BID, FAW, and even Geely stepping in to look at electric vehicles. Now, BID was one of the ones building electric buses already, and they were even shipping them into California for use in that state. So BID was there, and they'd been there since the beginning. Now, they didn't have a sports car, but they did have the most populous country in the world with an ever-growing middle class all at their fingertips. So BID utilize that to help build their company bigger. And BID, unlike its partners, didn't go out and build millions of different variations of their vehicles. No, they weren't like counterparts to the Guangzhou Automotive Group, where GAC has the ION, the Trump-Chi, and then the standard GAC. They also own Changfeng, Ganao, Haikan. You start getting into companies like FAW and even Geely. Geely is huge with Geely, Verizon Auto, Geometry, London Electric Vehicles, Lotus, Lincoln Company, Polestar, Proton, Terrafuga for flying vehicles, Volvo, Zeker, and Zidu, along with their previous Gleagle, Englon, and even the Emgrind brands. So Geely was essentially like the General Motors of China, where BID was essentially like Honda. They knew what they had and they knew they could work within. Now they were setting the field up in China for the new electric race. And soon enough, competition would take notice. Dianka Automotive Group, who created Deer CC, came out of the woodwork. Chang decided to get into it. FAW, Geely, Shanghai Automotive Group, JMC, Shenglang Motors Corp, JAC, Great Wall Motors, and even Guangzhou Automotive Group all started to take notice and all started looking at this. And when their country started cracking down on emissions due to the fact that they had to reduce emissions for the Beijing Olympics, they started to see the writing on the wall on that electric cars could be its savior for the future. Now, a lot of these companies were trying to enter the North American marketplace. And being that electric cars weren't super big yet, they did have a chance 
nuts. But like we said, the 2008 market hit and crashed. By 2012, this market was starting to come back to play. And a lot of these charting companies started thinking, oh, maybe we could take another chance and come back into this market. Bid was already there, but they weren't selling our vehicles. But a little company in California named Coda Automotive decided to bring over Bid's electric vehicle and sell it for the North American marketplace. But going up against someone like Tesla, who helped build that market, was going to be hard. We all thought it was going to be hard. You gotta remember, the Roadster came out in 2006. And by 2018, a lot of the major players started to see that they needed to go green. With companies like BMW creating their i division, Volkswagen creating their ID division, Mercedes with their EQ brand, General Motors with the Volt and Bolt, and now Ford Motor Company moving the F 150 onto the Lightning platform, an electric pickup truck. General Motors doing the same with the Silverado. And now, their plant that they used to secure with Suzuki in my home province of Ontario is now building the Bright Drop Division cargo vans. An electric van for General Motors. And this van just set a world record on setting that world record on none other than Earth Day. So General Motors is taking notice and now trying to move their line to fully electric. Over at the Lada Auto Group, Jaguar, and even Land Rover want to move over to fully electric brands. Stellantis Stellantis is now showing us that they want to get into it. And after the release of the Tesla Cybertruck concept, Rivian is now has their truck out to the market. Ford is getting the F-150. Chevrolet has the Silverado and now Ram. By this fall, fall of 2022, will showcase the brand new Ram revolution. Now, some people may say that companies like Stellantis, Toyota are a little late to the game, but there's no problem with being late to the game. Stellantis had a major takeover last year of the Fiat Chrysler Automotive Group, so they kind of had to go through all of that before they can set out their plans for future expansion. Chrysler's been playing around with the idea of electric cars since the early 21st century. Go back and look, they created their own Lotus Elise electric sports car because they thought if Tesla took off, maybe they should go after it. But those were back in the Daimler days and Chrysler had to answer to them. And Daimler had no idea of going into that. They were still hooked on fuel cell technology. Same with BMW and Toyota. And out of those three today, only Toyota is still on that. But everybody says Toyota took too long to enter the electric game. They know that it requires a ton of power to move those vehicles. And in their home country, they would need more power plants online to create the amount of power to power all of those vehicles. So of course they were a little hesitant about getting into the electric vehicle race. But now with major countries around the world putting together EV plants for the future, Toyota is now all in, developing both a complete lineup for their new electric division of Toyota and Lexus. On top of that, having a sports car for Toyota and a new Halo car for Lexus. But only time will tell us. You gotta remember, Toyota is one of the ones that spearheaded the hybrid movement in the late 20th century with the Prius. And it took a long time. Where the Prius was out, Honda took notice with the Insight. But how long did it take for Hyundai to bring their Ionic out? Chevrolet had the Volt, but you know, a Ford Fusion hybrid, a Chrysler Pacifica hybrid. They were just there as the market grew, but they weren't there at the beginning. The Prius held that market. So is Toyota late to the game? You have to ask yourself, can they win this EV war? But you gotta remember, only them and Hyundai are still in the fuel cell game with the Hyundai Nexo and Toyota Mirai. So if people start seeing that how much power that you're losing due to the brand new EV wars created by these big automakers, companies like Toyota and Hyundai will be well positioned to pick up the slack with their fuel cell vehicles. That's along the same lines as the EV wars between transport truck divisions, the original Thor pickup trucks, along with Tesla and Nikola. 
and even Nero EV. We haven't even seen their products, but they all wanted to get into it with these electric transports. Nicholas said, hey, electricity's great, but we need more torque to be able to pull all that weight. And they went in with hydrogen as well. Not to say that hydrogen's getting kicked in the nuts, but everything has all gone EV. Look at it today. We get companies that we had never heard of before buying out previously monumental companies. Ryman bought out Bugatti and is now closely working with Volkswagen Auto Group. This is a little company that only has one sports car that barely even been on the market. Neo has a very limited lineup similar to that as Tesla, but they are starting to make inroads into Europe out of their home Chinese market. Whereas Tesla is starting to go all over the world, companies like Neo are starting to come out of the woodwork. Bid has now announced that on Earth Day 2022, they produced their last internal combustion engine ever. No more. Fully electric. So BID is now all in. Ford is going all in. General Motors is going all in. Geely's going all in with the brand new lineup for Lotus going all electric. Stellantis is now working on their electric platforms. They are not all in, but they are into the market. Whereas Volkswagen is jumping all in. Honda is teaming up with General Motors to ensure that they can have reliable electric platforms before they can get in. Hyundai Motor Group is going all in. But Hyundai, like Toyota, still has their fuel cell program because they still want to develop an extra alternative fuel source but really who's going to win the race of the electric vehicles at this point in the beginning of the last century so we're talking 1922 there were tons of automotive companies coming out of the woodwork because the market was going there after ford's model t came out and brought the world to wheels the world woke up so elon musk woke up the world with his electric tesla roadster and the model s and now everybody is getting in and now we are getting all these new companies as well but with a lot of the big players going all in will tesla be able to hold out against the behemoths of ford motor company general motors bmw motor group or even daimler or bid a company that has been in this industry even longer than tesla can they hold out and can they win the ev wars that is a question that can only be answered by time itself time will slowly dictate to us if tesla and neo could stand up to the goliaths of the world tesla and neo are the davids will they be able to take down the, the goliaths of general motors and ford let's see and with tesla being ahead of the game on autonomous technology having over 20 years of backup data from it they have that in their core with bid having nearly 30 years into the, the world of electric battery production they got stuff behind them whereas gm ford mercedes and bmw and volkswagen are all waking up to this new world and jumping all into it and partnering up with battery manufacturers for laptops who are now changing over their formula to build these batteries for electric cars. Can they beat the people who have more information and more knowledge about this new so really, in the end, our question is, will Tesla survive? Will the EV wars produce new companies as a lot of them start to fall? That is something only time will tell us. But if 100 years ago, in our history books, if we start reading back between 1922 and the 1950s, the next 30 years in the automotive industry is going to be a major change, similar to that of the early 20th century. This is the time period when everyone is getting their feet wet. A few of them are jumping right into that pool, and a few of them are just going to wait around for a while and see how it goes. But who is still going to be surviving at the end of the EV wars?
So if you like this podcast, please like, comment, or share this podcast through any of the social feeds that we're connected to or you're connected to. Or even go to our website where you can actually share directly from our site to everyone else in the world. Share it with your friends, family, and even co-workers. Hell, everybody wants to listen to something or do something at lunchtime. Send them this podcast and let them say, let them figure it out on their own. Hey, do you like cars? Try it out. And after that, stop on by the autolux.net website for all that Autolux has to offer. So, from myself, Everett J, and this whole Autolux crew here, strap yourself in for this one fun electrifying ride the EV Wars are taking us on. 